Hi, I'm John. And I'm Marcus. Welcome to another episode of Funny You Should Gay That. This week's episode is going to be on uh, stand-up comedy and comedy in general. I yeah. think we keep it light, keep it fresh after the last episode we tried to record oh, didn't yeah. go so well. <laughs> well, it was about it's, we might revisit it in a, in a different way, but it, it started out taught being about friendship and. Uh, it was, but it just took a dark turn about, you know. Yeah. Probably around the part where I started crying. I think that's when it took the dark Whenever turn. Whatever, crying's, crying's fine. Like, I, like podcasts are, are for crying. That's what they are. That's why people listen to them. Anyways. Totally true. Everybody's here to hear me have a breakdown. <laughs> I like having breakdowns. I think that's how you discover what's, like, what's going on in your life. And, like, look at you today. That's what is, you know. Yeah, I'm not, all... This was in the recent past that this happened, and now you're laughing. And, and speaking of laughing, I've been talking in the podcast about me doing this class for stand-up comedy, and I, I finally did it the other night, and that was fucking amazing. And you had your stand-up performance, and it was awesome. Yeah, I, I'm really happy with how it went, and I think I'm going to continue to do open mics, put in some of the jokes that uh, that just didn't make it because of time, you know. Um, I, I would never cut anything to anyone's feelings like it's, it's a fucking joke that you tell on stage um yeah it's it's for fun like you're just trying to like tell fucking jokes on stage to make people laugh and i've heard other comedians uh professional comedians talk about you know don't edit a joke or don't cut a joke obviously if you if you put what's called in the industry punching down you're punching in a marginalized group that doesn't have, hold power in society then you don't really want to do that. But if you're making fun of um, of things where people people have power, or they or they've just um, they've created these issues themselves, then like I don't fucking feel the need to edit anything out of it. I honestly, in uh, for me, anytime not that I've done stand up comedy, you should you have you been inspiring me to want to get into it so um we'll see uh i do know if i do do stand-up comedy i'm going to be anxious going up there and no matter what the result i'll probably be thinking about it all night so um but yeah i think honestly uh when it comes to telling jokes i like to tell jokes about things from my personal life and uh and sometimes that includes talking about people and i say this if you don't want to be included in a joke don't do stupid shit and then i won't have to won't be able to make a super funny joke out of it but well as you know like one of my favorite artists taylor Swift, she gets a lot of shit for writing about her life and writing about the things that are happening in her life but that's what writers do and 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 she's what a billionaire now almost uh, there well she'll be there soon like and it's and it's entirely going to be on her her art it's like she doesn't have a, a makeup line and she doesn't have you know see calling people out sometimes <laughs> works out well because it's <laughs> it's not like it's not revenge uh maybe when she was younger and you know she's writing teenage songs but it's like oh she's acting like a teenager she was but writers write writers gonna write right haters gonna hate like <laughs> Well, even when people talk about like, oh, you're acting like a kid or something, like every every human alive, they could be 16 or 85. Everybody's got an inner child. It yeah. comes out sometimes. I have an inner child that comes out sometimes. Usually it's when I'm angry. And I, honestly, I think a lot of artists are, to, 
some degree a little bit thin-skinned because to be sensitive and reactive to this world you and to be an artist and to be inspired by the things in your life, you have to kind of be sensitive to what's going on around you. And when something happens, it's how a lot of us process what's happening to us. You go, I'm going to write about this. See how I actually feel. You don't know how you feel until you write. And that's the magic of it. It's like a thrill. It's like a drug to like just put that into words and be like, oh, my God, I created this. Like when when you were um, I've written about I've written about you because you've told me in great detail in one of your when I'm trauma dumped on you and and, and just ranted. (laughs) But like it's not it's not trauma dumping. We're we're actual friends, which you know we'll talk about in the friends episode when we fucking re-record when, it. When I'm when I've had a bit of therapy and I've discussed uh, you're, current you're, you're, friendship you're, issues and you're fine, you're a sweetheart, and I love you. But oh. um, don't cry. I I you know what? Today I don't feel like maybe earlier today. No, but right now I don't feel like I could cry. No, uh, anyways, anything can happen. We can always cry, but. <laughs> But I really do think that, like, when you write, it's it's just processing how you feel. And sometimes you've given me so much information that I have to process <laughs> how I feel about it. And then I end up writing about you. And it's just, I don't know, I just, I love the process. That's nice. <laughs> I mean, you've inspired me. I've written some uh, poems to myself. Nothing that I, because I know you have a poetry account. Yeah. Um, I've written a few poems that I have not posted, but after that, you know, friend episode that we recorded and I had, you know, it wasn't great. I wrote a poem about um, an old friend and I sent it to you and uh, that I did because I just, I needed to, to, to process that. And I think also coming back to like, I like the last one you wrote. It was very, it was very good. And I understood some of the references and, and and you're kind of getting, more um Spooky to the, and ghost no dogs. you're just getting more to the point of how you feel instead of uh just using these cutting words and you know like it's 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 getting to like oh this is like it's flowing it's a window and that's what it should be a window into how you feel um i just wanted to since we talked about it plug my poetry account so yeah. it's on instagram it's uh john uh mzz poetry so that's j-o-n M Z Z Z poetry. Shameless plug right there. And while I'm doing that, we do have a Twitter account if you want to say what you want to see on the show. Yeah, yeah. see on the show. Fuck. What, what <laughs> if you if you if you want... we're gonna start making YouTube videos soon. God, we're Please gonna do everything. God, no. <laughs> I mean, only if we're cooking. But the <laughs> the um the Twitter account is uh. Funny gay that I believe. Let me fucking probably confirm that. Um, <laughs> it is should gay that. Should gay that. Yeah. So at should gay that on Twitter if you want to tell us what is up in your life, what is uh, queer in the world <laughs> to talk about. Uh, stand up comedy. What are some? Do you have any stand ups that you really enjoy? Um, I really like. Well, uh, gay stand-up comedians yeah. and uh, female comics or like non-binary as well. Um, Any specific? Uh, Eliza Schlesinger. 
I don't know if I said her name. I know who you're talking about. I think a lot of a lot of people know who that is. Uh, God, is she is she queer to... or is she just no okay no now that I have to actually think of it I can't remember any of the names of people I um, I saw um Mate- Mateo Lane uh, recently he's oh yeah he's quite a like he's talking well he he's talked about it that like what gay male comics do you know that are like big like there's not a really a lot so he's kind of the first one um and when when I was taking the like maybe Richard Pryor, but was he out when he was alive, or is he is he bisexual? I don't remember. But um, Matteo Lane like does has a whole shtick. Like he's gay and he's Italian, and so when I started doing comedy, that was the first kind of jokes I wrote, and I wait, I went, oh fuck, like about being gay and Italian. Yeah, that's definitely not something either of us know anything about. For, for sure, but when there's so few queer. Uh, visible comics you don't want to be lumped in and compared to one and all do the same thing so i thought oh this is something i need to veer away from writing about at least until i'm established i can throw it in but it can't be my thing right because everyone need every comic kind of needs their, their thing well there was uh i can't remember what it's called but it was on netflix it was a, a comedy special um i think in la yeah. surprise surprise and it was all uh, queer comedians, mm-hmm. and um, so they had like Bob the Drag Queen and uh, Mateo Lane and a few others. And it, it, I remember watching it, and it was it was really funny. Um, Michelle Buteau, I really like. Yeah. Uh, Nicole Byer, Chelsea Handler. But what like um, like you talk more about what you like about them instead of just like listing them? <laughs> I just like that they're really. <laughs> fucking funny so like like who were some of them you mentioned because i want i just personally uh, want to hear more about nicole I, buyer oh I, nicole buyer she's really funny because she's she's friends with mateo Lane. yeah she they're like content. All, they're pretty much yeah. best friends okay yeah so like yeah she's really funny I, I do like her um i love when she talks about uh her dating life yeah yeah and uh What's she do? She has a podcast as well, actually. I haven't listened to. I think the it's podcast. called "Why Won't You Date Me" or something. Yeah, yeah, but she she's had like some of uh, her comedy specials. Yeah, where she's been like, um, where she's talked about like dating horror stories, and I'm like, wow, Nicole, me too. Mm-hmm. I think that. Same thing happened to me as well, actually. Like, hey, dating. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I really like Daniel Sloss. He's a Scottish comedian. And uh, we saw, we actually just got back from a, a, a comedy show tonight. Um, and while we were walking back, I was kind of talking about yeah. him with some of, some of our friends. But he's, he's a Scottish comedian, and, and he does a lot of socially conscious um, jokes. He, and he does some things that are kind of, risky but he does it in such a way where there's compassion in the jokes and i think he should have some sort of compassion in all of the jokes um he talks about his his sister that that, uh, she had some disabilities and she passed away but he he does it in a way where it's both funny and heartfelt and i think that's the kind of comedy i veer towards well have you seen um hannah gadsby's Yeah. yeah yeah Like, I remember watching Nanette a few years ago, and I was like, this is funny. But then there was also serious moments in it. And, uh, 
you know, very empowering as well. Mm-hmm. And I liked how what she talked about was, you know, not doing self-deprecating humor. Because I found for myself, anytime I would think of, like, you know, even talking to people and I would make jokes that would make people laugh, a lot of times they were at my own expense. Yeah. And I don't like to make jokes at the expense of other people unless they, as we aforementioned, do stupid shit and it's funny to joke about. Um, but, uh, yeah, I sort of realized I make uh, too many self-deprecating jokes and I've kind of been cutting down on that. Yeah. Um, still working on it because, you know, still learning to love. And it's like, yeah, I find I find a lot of comics because comics are are a little bit can be insecure that yeah. when they go on stage and they're looking for validation like mo- like a lot of performers I, like I don't know what that says about me because I'm always like creating something putting it out in the world <laughs> but I, I don't know I think that it's not always the case and I don't think it's the case for me I think I'm pretty why is everyone honking today I think I'm I think I'm pretty well adjusted in that sense and I just feel like I just want to share my story. That's what I want to do. Um, but uh, a, a, a friend of mine is actually performing on The Tonight Show tonight. She's um, she's someone I worked with back in Vancouver, and, and uh, she was 18 when we met, but she's been doing com- comedy since she's 15. I think she's 29 or 30, something like that now. Oh, wow. But she, she um, started in uh, Ottawa, uh, Canada when she's 15 and her parents just um, I think they said she was 18 I don't know for sure but I'm pretty sure that's the story um, and she just kept doing it I've seen her shows and she's you know her jokes kept getting getting better and I'm sure she's telling some of the same ones but they've just gotten to the core of what like is funny about them and she's made it to the tonight show so like these careers are possible it just takes work and it takes time and, and that you put in and you can finally like make it, right? We'll get there. I can't wait for hopefully one of the more tolerable talk show hosts to be interviewing us about the podcast. Well, the most intolerable one is going off the air, but, you know. Um, I honestly don't know which one you're talking about because there's a few. Um, Have you ever seen Cats? Oh yeah, okay. I know you're talking. Yeah, about we all know. Like, there's no need to mention it. I just yeah. think that there's not, he's all not a nice person. Are funny. <laughs> he's not a nice. There's. Have you heard all the stuff about him going to restaurants and screaming at the waitstaff? That's not surprising. Have you been to the UK before? <laughs> there's there's lovely people in the. UK oh no, I'm not. Like, I'm not. I'm trying not to. I'm not overgeneralizing, but like I saw some things when I lived around there. Yeah, so. there's, there's lovely and there's awful. It's funny. Um, the Hannah Gatsby, uh, Emmett Willman is the co-host of of Mateo Lane's uh, podcast, and and she's a brilliant comedian in her own right. Um, she's an ADHD uh, lesbian with IBS. Um, <laughs> <What>? she, <laughs> she's. Honestly, brilliant and 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 so compassionate, but but very open and protective of her, of her friends. But because she has ADHD, and um, she ta- she said she watched the special, and she she did not. So she's like, yeah, I watched it. And then they're like, well, did you like the part? And she's like, well, to, be, to tell you the truth, I only watched the first twenty minutes. And they're like, Emma, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, there's more to this. <laughs> so she didn't even see the heart of what it was about. I think things can be funny and they can be, um, they can provoke social change. 
That's true. I remember, I think it was like starting in high school or college, I made a little playlist of, um, because Spotify had, and it still has like some of these con uh, comedy specials. Yeah. They uh, record them and you can listen to them on Spotify. So if you ever would see me walking around with my earbuds in and randomly giggling, it was probably because I was listening to some sort of comedy special. And, uh,. Yeah, I had a few on there that were really funny. I like um uh Kathleen Madigan. She's uh an American comedian from like the Midwest. Yeah. She's like from Missouri and she uh does... What does she talk about? She she talks about family, she talks about noodling. You know what noodling is? I have no idea what that is. Noodling is like when you try to um it's like it's like a hillbilly sport, but it's like you get these hillbilly rednecks that go into a muddy river, and they try to find a catfish breeding hole. Yeah. And then they try to catch the catfish with their bare hand. So yeah. they'll stick their hand inside these holes, and then wait for a catfish to bite it, and then they'll pull it up, except sometimes they don't always come up because... Catfish are huge, and depending on what part of the world you're in, they will eat you. So, um, yeah, she talks about that. Interesting. Uh, she talked about that Malaysia Flight 370. Thing. Did you know that Courtney Love um, thought she like found it, and there was like all these news reports because she was like looking, she was looking for it on her on her fucking satellite or something. I love that catfish. No, the flight, the fucking flight, oh. <laughs> and there's all like it was in the, in the news, and it was like twenty one things she found. Like she's like, I love that she's sober and she's still the craziest person on the fucking face of this earth, and I'm like, stand her to the end of time. But um, it, it, did you watch the Chris Rock special at all? The most recent one? Yeah. No, me either, because I canceled my Netflix for various reasons. But um, rest in peace. For sure, like, that was the dumbest fucking mistake. Well, apparently in Canada, like, I went on it last night, and I still had access to it. I was like, oh. Well, that's... it was a live special, which Netflix has never done. Like, so it, it aired live. So it's different because... So that slap. Also weird. <laughs> well, for sure, but, like, the comedy specials are usually, rehe like, really rehearsed, and, um, and they... So this one, like, he kind of, the part about the slap was fine, but, like, he just, the, I heard reviews that it just wasn't executed well, and I wonder if it was because it was live, and he just kind of didn't anticipate the lap, because it's still timed, and it still has to be under under a certain time. Like, there's a lot of um, prep that makes it, that goes into making it look like it's not prepared. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, like camera angle changes. And... Well, just no, just the rehearsal because it's so rehearsed. Like the, the the jokes that you hear that seem like they're off the cuff are not whatsoever. Like they're not selling themselves. Why? I just don't think I'm gonna watch it now. Everyone, and not his special. Every single comic you see, they they've told these jokes hundreds of times. 
No, I mean, I just don't think I'm going to watch that specific I haven't seen it. One. I haven't seen it. Um, actually, another comedian I just remembered who I absolutely adore is uh, Taylor Tomlinson. Oh, yeah, she's great. I love how she's very open and honest when she, well, I mean, you, you I would think, but um, she does, like, she talks a lot about, like, being in therapy and dating and um, also just, like, family stuff and trauma, but she makes it funny. It's so funny because she is exactly like my friend who is also my kid. She reminds me of my sister. Like, like, literally, there's there's both. Yeah, she looks like her, and she acts like her, and she talks like her. Like, she's my friend, Taylor. Her boyfriend said the same thing. That's Um, hilarious. But I think there's something else to be said about how comedy changes over time, and what's acceptable changes. Mm -hmm. So, like, things that, for for example, um, Sarah Silverman, she regrets a lot of the the jokes she made, not necessarily in stand-up, but... she was in, um, she had the Sarah Silverman show, and she did blackface, and it was, like, to comment on people, on that white people don't, can't do blackface, mm-hmm. but even in in that, like, irony, like, she still did blackface, and she regrets the episode, because things that were maybe socially acceptable, but, like, like on the edge, because around the time it aired, everything was, like, let's push the envelope as far as you can. And now we kind of realize that some of those are, are actually microaggressions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I remember, like, if I look at old comedy now, I can tell it's old because a lot of the stuff in it will have been, like, pushing the envelope yeah. and making jokes about things that now are not considered appropriate and should never have been considered appropriate. But... You know, people just kind of took that stuff and, and ran with it. And I like that now a lot of comedy is not, you know, it's not punching down, like you were saying earlier. Yeah. I think Chelsea Handler also also had a, a growth um, uh, in her, her comedy where she, in the early days she was just so offensive and so abrasive and just like, that was her thing. I'm just like... This is who I am. And then she, her, I think her dad died and she went to therapy and she dealt with all her shit about, you know, I'm just, I'm just reactive and I'm just, I'm not listening to anyone about, um, what's happening. And, you know, she's still who she is, but she's learned not everything is about me. She has, she actually has this, um, this one story she tells about going to the movies with a friend. And then she realized it was a gay movie. And she said, oh, how dare you trick me? Like, you're making me watch this. Like, why do I want to watch this? And then it dawned on her. She went, you're gay. Like, you come and see straight movies all the time. Like, this isn't about me. Like, you are just showing me what a party world is. And I think yeah, the realization of that comedy can change and, your, and your, your perception can change doesn't make your old work not relevant, but it's just, like, that's what growth as a human is. And I think that's what comedy is seeking to expose. Hmm. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. And back to, you know, bringing back to our therapy episode. Go to therapy, people. Everybody yeah. should go to therapy. Especially well, certain people. Honestly, if, go to therapy, but also, like, a lot of people can't afford therapy. And that's, that's you know, a thing. Work on yourself. There's there's ways to work on yourself that that are 
or outside of therapy. And if you don't grow, how how can you talk about yourself? And how can you talk about being being an artist? And, hmm? Um, yeah, and I I think also something that was I really liked from uh, talking to you and some of the other um, comedians from the other night was uh, just kind of that uh, catharsis when people laugh at uh, the joke you make. Mm -hmm. Like it lands and people laugh at it and how that feels so great. And uh, how it's like validating and stuff like that. And I'm like, wow, that makes me really want to do stand-up. Honestly, if you don't, if you can't afford therapy, do stand-up. <laughs> yeah, I know because then honestly, instead of me paying for somebody to listen, I get paid for people to listen to me bitch about my life. I'm like, you know what? I could do that. I just got to make it slightly funnier than it actually is. <laughs> Which, to be honest, a lot of things in my life that have stressed me out or been mm -hmm. like, you know, a stressful situation. When I think about it now, I always see it kind of in a, I, not always, but I generally see it with a funny lens to mm -hmm. it. Um, and you know, and if you think if you think um that it just came naturally and everything just uh was was totally fine, it's not um you fine in the sense that you know you just all of a sudden have these set of jokes and you just go up there like the the first time you're kind of writing them. My problem is I write too much and I write there's too many words and there's too many um things I want to say and then I go I tell them and I go you know what because like what can be cut and make and make the jokes still funny yeah. and that's what you want to get to because let's say like you you you're not starting with an hour-long special if you have an hour-long special you can take people on these on these peaks and valleys where you tell like this amazing story up here like up here and then you go down and tell a depressing start story However, however, um, the whole purpose, the whole purpose of comedy is kind of working through some of the most painful things that you've been through and, and being on stage, you get to expel that from yourself. Yeah. And, uh, I like the idea of that. It'd be nice. I'm working on it. I'm working mm -hmm. on it because I mean, you know, I, um, with uh educationally like every time i i wrote a report it was always like write more write more yeah. write more like as much detail as possible and now people tell me be like more you know to the point mm -hmm. and stuff so i'm figuring that out obviously they're two different things but uh writing a lab life, report versus writing not, jokes life is not a lab uh honestly sometimes i wish it was i mean in some ways it is but you know it's an experiment for sure. Life is an experiment. And Friendships are an experiment. Yeah, I a mean, lot of jokes are an experiment. Is it gonna land? Are people gonna find it funny? How maybe many we can, people maybe we can try funny? that friendship one again. Yeah, in a different way. Well, your voice cracked there, so I don't know that's <laughs> what we're gonna be doing. There. Um. Well, you know what? I think uh, when friendships in my life are on a better front, maybe. I think it's about quality not necessarily quantity oh no yeah it is definitely quality not quantity right now but you know 
We'll save that for the friendship episode. <laughs> Yeehaw! <laughs> yeah, uh, some some of the things, and, and these aren't my jokes, and I'm not going to tell the jokes, but so, some of the jokes um, I was talking to friends that are comedians are about are about you know partners having and dying of cancer, and um, of you know uh, divorce or of people cheating on them or lying to them or you know just an array of things that were are incredibly painful to experience and if telling the jokes makes you feel a little bit better about them i think that's okay well i mean there are some interesting things that have happened oh in my life life. oh (laughs) fuck yeah jinx but uh but honestly like that's funny now. It's funny once you process them, and I don't think, like I said in the in the podcast before, you don't have to talk about anything you haven't processed. And same goes for on stage. If you haven't really processed it, you don't want to take it up there because, like, what if you bomb? What if it doesn't land? You have to be okay with telling it and being like, well, maybe other people don't find it funny, and certain audiences are going to find different jokes funny, and you kind mm-hmm. of, like... I say this like a fucking season pro, but you kind of learn to read the room, which is what I try and do in life. But then you just take it to a stage level. Well, I think um, when we were at that stand-up night and there was the open mic, Mm -hmm. and I put my name in to, you know, potentially be one of the people to go up there. As soon (laughs) as I put it in there, I was like, oh, shit, why did you do that? Because I started to look around at the audience, and I was like, Mostly straight people. I can't make gay jokes. They're not gonna get it. I I mentioned RuPaul's Drag Race, and uh, maybe like maybe some of the women in there will get it. Well, we'll find out. I but... understand that fear. Well, not not so much a fear, but I'm like I don't want to make I don't want to make a joke about something um, from gay culture, and uh, you know all these people are just looking at me like, what does that mean? And that's, like, you can gear your jokes to different audiences. So, like, if I was going to tell some of my jokes tonight, I would kind of, things that are very, very um, shorthand for gay culture, I would probably just talk about it in a way that I go, if you don't know what this is, like... You should Google it. No, I would just probably explain it in a funny way. Find a funny way to explain it. So they, that they don't understand, or that they understand, like, I don't know. Well, that makes sense. Like, explain docking or some bullshit. Mm. Not that that's in my joke, but it could be. <laughs> oh my god, you just gave me a flashback with that one. I, <laughs> I, saw, I saw a meme about these two, like, pizza subs docking, but anyways. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, what? It's just a visual for everyone, don't worry about it. Pizza subs docking. God, the, the I want it. I pizza put my. Sub. What's a pizza sub? We'll talk about it later. It's like a sandwich, but um, is it like a hot pot? I really wanted to make a joke if I went on stage tonight because I put my name in for like the the draw like you did, and if I went on stage, that the the lesbian comic was wearing the Hello Kitty shirt, mm-hmm. and I'm wearing a shirt with Little Nas X um, dressed as um, the devil. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say, this is so fitting that the lesbian is wearing a Hello Kitty shirt because she eats pussy and 
I date demons, but like I didn't get to do it. <laughs> but that's the kind of thing. Like you can play off what other comics say. You can kind of like do all that, and I just think it's really like yeah. Fun. Well, I think any of these comedy shows that we've been to so far, yeah, here in Ottawa have been funny because honestly, um, hearing funny people in Ottawa is. Mm-hmm such a change yeah. from the ordinary so i'm like wow these people are funny and i mean they're not like the funniest people out there mm-hmm. but compared to a lot of people it's better than you know but but the thing is like there a lot of them are working up to that and if you go to some of the professional shows like they've been doing it for a few years and they like this is what i mean about telling the same jokes you don't necessarily need new jokes every time you can like gradually get new stuff in there but you're making the jokes that you do tell better you're going oh could i say could i twist this around or say this with different words or like Mm -hmm. and it just gets better and better by the time you see them on their netflix special they've worked that joke at like club after club club another club no sleep but like you know what i mean some like it's nice to see funny people and people making jokes especially after the last couple years it's been a little depressing and it's turn some people's humor into, you know, basically, like, the personification of a dry piece of Melba toast. <laughs> um, so it's nice to see that people laugh mm-hmm. still, which is such an odd thing. It's like nobody ever stopped laughing. But things got tough the last couple of years. And do you know Do you know Jed Apatow? Yeah, of course. We've talked about him. But yeah, but he, was, he would interview stand-up comedians since he, I think he faked that he had a radio show when he was, like, 14. And started interviewing them all, and he, he put out a book called, um, fuck, I can't remember, but um, it's a book of all his interviews with, like, comics over the years, just, like, big-name comics, and he does it, too. Well, Jerry Seinfeld did that thing. Does, did, did is he still doing it? I can't remember. Um, Cab, but... Yeah, Coffee with Comedians. Yeah, I don't know if he's still doing it, but I don't know. That was a cute idea. And there's comics like you're not gonna connect with, but I think it's just really interesting. Yeah. I love them. I love it as a medium. I'm I've I've fallen in love with doing it. I think it'll continue. So. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about getting into it and seeing. I, I wanna I wanna shout out another comic. So Sophie's boyfriend. Uh so Sophie won a Juno. Her boyfriend was all also nominated for Juno. He's a, also a brilliant comic. Mace Galoni, M A Y C E Galoni. And his comedy is just really fucking nerdy and really political and really funny. All those things together, so check them out. That's all. Okay. Well, I think this is probably a good spot to wrap up, unless there's anything else you want to mention. I don't think so. I think that we may do another episode as I I keep performing and going to these shows. And Mm -hmm. if you get into it, especially, we'll do, we'll do more. Um, I think it'd be great. Growing into my... Growing into, well... Our funny eras. You're growing. Funnier eras. You're growing. Growing. Just going to start laughing at the stupid shit I have to deal with. Absolutely. (laughs) Alright, so thanks for listening. Please follow us on Twitter. Please follow us on on whatever you listen to this on. Um, And give us some feedback if you like. Negative, positive, whatever. Just... We welcome all. All right. We welcome all. <laughs> all right. All right. See you next time. Bye.